Bwyda, croeso cynnes i'r foreol weddi yma am ploi caslwchwr a gorseinon. Mae'n braf iawn cael eich cwmni chi. Good morning and a very warm welcome to our virtual morning prayer here in the parish of Caslwchwr and Gorseinen. Today we're filming in St. Catherine's Gorseinen and it's great to have Jeanette read from the Bible for us and Ben, our ordinand, will be leading us in our intercessions. It's been a challenging year and a half as we've negotiated the complexities of COVID. A very worrying time indeed for many of us as we faced isolation and a whole host of other challenges. Today, during the service, I'm going to be exploring some of Jesus' advice in the Gospel of Matthew. He challenges us not to worry. And I want to look at some practical tips that help us to put that advice into practice. I hope that you'll be blessed, that you'll be encouraged and drawn closer to Jesus as you journey with us today. As we begin our morning worship together, let me pray the collect, the special prayer of the church for today. Oh God, for as much as without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
reading from Matthew chapter 6. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. Well, we've had a really unusual year and a half, haven't we? It's been a really stressful and anxious time for many people. Last week, I met with my grandmother for the first time in almost two years. We sat down and had a cup of tea and we reflected a little bit on the pandemic. I shared with her that there had been times over the last year and a bit where I'd felt really anxious. And she looked at me in amazement and she said, I thought that you'd be the last person on the face of the earth ever to be anxious. It is true, I've never suffered with anxiety or any kind of concern. I've never been a worrier. But in reality, this last year and a half, the COVID season has been a stressful time for everyone. And I think every single one of us has worried in one way or another. My mother has always been a worrier. She's worried over the years about health or money, about her career. There's even been times when she's worried about the fact that she's worrying, to be honest. Worry can really imprison us. It can prevent us from living life to the full. There are many things in life, I think, that imprison us in one way or another. Fear, rejection, addiction, bitterness, resentment, or perhaps even an unwillingness to forgive. And that's why it's really good news that Jesus, in one of his first public talks here on earth, said these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I've come to proclaim freedom to the captives. I'm here. I'm among you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I've come to proclaim freedom. I've come to help you break free. I've come to help you break free from those things that imprison you, those things that prevent you from living life to the full. And so there are a number of occasions when Jesus encourages us not to worry, not to let anxiety imprison us. 
And what I want to do today is to look at that practically and to consider what it means for us in our everyday lives. And here's my top tip number one. It's specify your worries. Specify your worries. Think about what you're worried about. Very often, worry can be like a, a cloud, a vague thing that is upon us, and yet we don't even know what we're worrying about. So ask yourselves the question, what am I worried about? A good exercise is perhaps to grab a piece of paper and to write a list of all your worries. Better still, grab a piece of paper and put a line down the middle. On one side, list everything that you're worried about. And on the other side, perhaps list everything that the Apostle Paul would have worried about. Bless him, he faced a number of challenges during his own life. Think about them. He was shipwrecked a number of times. He was imprisoned for no fault of his own. His friends, they turned their backs on him. And of course, he was stoned too. Sometimes listing other people's worries, recognizing that they have troubles too. Sometimes that their troubles are even greater than yours can really be very helpful. Without wanting to minimize your troubles, it can help you feel a little better immediately. Now, in preparing for my talk today, I did a little bit of research. I wondered what it was that people worried about. And there is research out there that helps us to document this. Do you know that 40% of the things that we worry about never actually happen? Another 30% of the things that we worry about are in the past, so we have absolutely no control over them whatsoever. 12% of our worries are relating to our health, despite the fact that worrying isn't actually good for our health anyway. 10% of what we worry about are things that are minor, or insignificant. And so only 8% of what we worry about are considered to be things that are substantial or significant. And of that 8%, half of those substantial or significant things are completely outside of our control. There's nothing that we can do about them. So medical research shows that 90% of the things that we worry about are actually a waste of our time and our energy. 96% of the things that we worry about are a waste of our time and our energy. There's little wonder then that Jesus' advice is that we should stop worrying altogether. So top tip number one, specify your worries because many of the things that we worry about are a complete and utter waste of time and energy. I don't know if you've ever been shopping and you found yourself pushing a trolley with a gammy wheel. Do you know, during the pandemic, Claire and I loved going shopping together. We religiously went shopping every Thursday night. It was our date night. In reality, it was the only place that we would go. But every now and again, we found ourselves going through the aisles in Asda with a gammy trolley, 
It had a dodgy wheel. And that one thing can change the whole experience, can't it? And I think that in life, worry is a little bit like that. We can be worried about a small thing or an insignificant thing, and yet it drains our energy. It occupies our headspace and it steals our joy. The reading for today reminds us that we can change absolutely nothing by worrying. Worry doesn't add a single hour to our lives. I don't know if you know the story of Corrie Tamboon. She was a Jewish woman imprisoned in a prisoner of war camp during the Second World War. In the fullness of time, she became a Christian and she was able to forgive those who'd persecuted her. While reflecting on worry, this remarkable woman, Corrie Tamboon, she says these words. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of sorrow, but it empties today of strength. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of sorrow, but it empties today of strength. So I want to encourage you to think about your life in daytight compartments, 24-hour compartments. Live one day at a time. Don't borrow any concern or worry from tomorrow. Learn to live for today, for today has enough trouble of its own. Make a decision today not to worry about tomorrow. Top tip number two, and it's this. Take action on your worry. As you look at your list of worries and concerns, ask yourself the question, is there anything here that I can take action on? Turn your worry into action and your problems into solutions. When you start working on your worries, suddenly you'll find that you stop worrying. A little bit of worry can be a really good thing. It can be a catalyst that mobilizes us to take positive steps, to take action. I remember Claire and I driving to Birmingham and suddenly we realized that we had no more miles on the clock. The petrol light was at the very bottom of the tank. We were worried. And yes, we prayed, but in reality, praying was not the answer in that instant. What we needed to do was fill the tank with petrol, take action. And you know, the moment that we'd filled the tank with petrol, that was the very moment that our worry, our concern disappeared. So take action. Imagine if you lived every single day of your life like that. Perhaps today you're concerned about somebody that you haven't spoken to for a couple of weeks and you begin to worry. It's odd how when you worry your imagination starts to play tricks on you. You begin to contrive all kinds of scenarios in your mind. You begin to ask, oh, I haven't heard from such and such for a while. I wonder if I've offended them. I wonder if they don't like me anymore. I wonder if there's something wrong with me. I wonder if they're ignoring me for a reason. When in actual fact, what you need to do is to pick up the phone and say, I haven't heard from you in a while. How are you doing? Perhaps then you'll find out that they've just been on a long holiday 
wouldn't one of those be an incredible thing? I've been on a long holiday and I've been out of contact, but it's great to see you. Or perhaps you're in work and you pass somebody in the corridor who is a little cold or offish with you. And again, your imagination begins to play tricks. Have I offended them? Have I done something wrong? Do they not like me anymore? When in actual fact, what you need to do is just pop in and see them and say, I noticed this morning that you were a little bit quiet. Is everything okay? You may be surprised to find out that their mum or their dad is not well, or perhaps that there's something going on in their lives that you're not aware of. Very often, many of the things that we worry about, they're not to do with us, or they're simply a figment of our imagination. So where you can, if you're worried, take action. Then, top tip number three, which is to offer up a prayer. As you look at your worries, there will be some things that you'll be able to take action on. But there'll be other things that are well and truly outside of your control. You'll be able to do nothing about them. And that's the time to offer up a prayer. Do you know, I find that in life, learning parts of the Bible is really helpful. Because when I'm anxious or when I face trouble in my life, then I can draw on some of those memory verses. They can sustain and encourage me in my everyday life. And so I want to remind you of Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. It says this, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't worry. Instead of worrying, how about praying? Let your petitions and your prayers come to God. Shape your worries into prayers. And it's wonderful that as you pray through your anxieties, as you pray through your worries, you'll experience something of the wholeness of God. His peace will come to dwell upon you and your worry will slowly dissipate. It'll change everything. It's incredible, as Christians, as we call on the name of Jesus, that he can come into the centre of our lives and turn our anxieties into peace, into a peace that surpasses all understanding. So shape your worries into prayers. When you start to worry, start to pray. And the incredible thing is, the more you learn the discipline of doing that, to pray when you feel worried, the less, in fact, you'll have worries to deal with. Why? Because the evil one doesn't want you praying. He doesn't want you engaging with God. So when you worry, if you pray, he'll send you fewer worries. It's a strange thing, I know, but that's how the economy of God tends to work. Finally, my last top tip is to place your trust in God. Looking at your list, there will be some things that you can take action on. 
there'll be many more things that will be outside of and beyond your control. And that's the very moment that you need to begin to put your trust in God. Again, remember that discipline of learning verses from the Bible? Well, let me give you another one. This is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he, that's God, will make your paths straight. Do you remember in the reading that Jesus talked about the birds of the air? They didn't worry about anything. They certainly didn't worry about tomorrow. They simply put their trust in God. As you look at your list, there will be some things that you'll be able to take action on. There'll be many more things that will be outside of or beyond your control. And that's your opportunity to put your trust in God. Romans 8 verse 28, another verse to commit to memory, another verse to draw upon when you face challenges in your life. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, to those who are called according to his purposes. Now let's just pause for a moment because there's room here for loads of misunderstanding. First of all, this verse doesn't say that God causes all things. We are able to make decisions for ourselves and decisions have consequences. It doesn't say either that all things are good. There are many things in life that are far from good. Sickness, job loss, divorce, and a whole array of other things. These are painful things. They're far from good. It doesn't even say that in all things, God will engineer a happy ending, because sometimes situations end in a way that is far from happy. But what it does say is that God causes all things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to work together for an ultimate purpose. Do you remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament? Well, Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. He spent 13 long years in prison. He must have wondered whether or not his dreams would ever come true, whether or not his dreams would ever be a reality. But eventually, in the fullness of time, he was promoted. Eventually, in the fullness of time, he came face to face with his brothers. And coming face to face with his brothers, he said this, You meant what you did for evil, but God used it for good. You meant what you did for evil, but God used it for good. God has an incredible way of taking our pain and every experience in our lives, even other people's decisions, and using it for good. I wonder whether any of you like music. I certainly love music. One of my favourite genres is classical music. I'm an avid listener of classic FM. 
Well, if you like classical music, you'll know that everything is set out and has a place. All the notes are written down, the volume and the tempo is pre-planned. There's no room for freedom. And someone playing in an orchestra is simply playing a role. And for some people, life is a little bit like that. They think that we're puppets on a string, playing to the tune of a great God who is master of all. Other people, they look to the polar opposite and they look at life as a bit like a jam. I don't know if you've ever been to a music jam. Well, that's completely different. It's a bunch of musicians all together in one place. There's no plan, no purpose, just a bunch of people together in the same place, all making music. And they hope that at the end of the day, what they produce together is beautiful. And some people look at life a little like that. I'll do what I want, when I want, and I hope in the end it all works out okay. I want to propose to you today that there is another way of looking at life. And it's a bit like a jazz session. I was a student for a while in Aberystwyth, and living in Aberystwyth, one of the things that I loved doing most was going to listen to Abba jazz. There were a bunch of elderly men, but they produced extraordinary music. It was phenomenal. Well, jazz, it's incredible. There's an underlying chord structure, but the music is going somewhere. Over that chord structure, there's freedom. There's room for improvisation and imagination. And I think that life is a bit like that. It's true that we have free will. We have freedom and spontaneity, spontaneity, place to make our own decisions and decisions have consequences. But underneath all of that, there's the hand of providence. There's an underlying story and history is going somewhere. One of the things I love to do, and I've done a lot of it during lockdown, is to cook. Sometimes individual ingredients on their own can be quite revolting. I remember on one occasion, my grandfather was constipated. He would absolutely be angry with me for sharing that, but it's true. And on one occasion, he had to drink a cup of olive oil. I don't know if you've ever done that, but on its own, olive oil is absolutely revolting. If you put it into a recipe, though, it may be just what is needed to give that little bit of oomph to everything. That little bit of pizzazz that turns an ordinary recipe into an extraordinary meal. And I think that God is a little bit like that. He uses our individual experiences and draws them into a, a, a recipe, into the big tapestry of life using each and every single experience to create something that is, in the end, beautiful. So, to summarise, I want to encourage you to specify your worries. Where you can, to take action. Where you can't, to offer up a prayer and to trust in God. And in conclusion, I want to give you two little bits of advice. Don't worry about things that you can't do something about. 
Just trust in God and offer up a prayer. And don't worry either about the things that you can do something about. Just take action. Fill the tank with petrol. Worry, it doesn't help. It doesn't add a single hour to your life. And it certainly takes away your joy. The other thing that it does is make us focus on ourselves and to lose the grasp or the awareness of God's big picture. Today, Jesus encourages us to look at that big picture, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and to believe and to trust that God will give all other things to us in abundance. Don't worry, because faith is the antidote of worry. Amen.
with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. For peace from above, for the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, for the peace of the world, for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all peoples. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the bench of bishops, and at this time, we consider the fact that they have to appoint a new bishop for this diocese. We ask that the Lord is with them, and that they are able to appoint a faithful pastor and steward of the holy mysteries. We also pray for all the clergy and people of the church. For Elizabeth, our queen, for the leaders of the nations and all in authority, for this city of Swansea, for every community and for all who live in them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For seasonable weather and for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, for the good earth which God has given us and for the wisdom and will to conserve it. For all who are aged and infirm, for those who are widowed and orphaned, for all who are sick and suffering, for the lonely and those with no one to pray for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who are poor and depressed, for those who are unemployed, for prisoners and captives, for all who remember and care for them for all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, and for all the departed, for deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, and degradation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer, that we may end our lives in faith and hope, without suffering and without reproach. Defend us, deliver us, and in your compassion protect us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. My God, I pray that thy love may rule in my heart, that thy truth may rule in my mind, and that thy presence may rule in my soul, by the power of the Holy Spirit, for Jesus' sake. Amen. O eternal truth and true love and loving light, our God and our all, enlighten our darkness by the brightness of thy light. Irradiate our minds by the splendor of holiness, that in thy light we may see light, that we in turn may enlighten others and kindle them with the love of thee. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Well, thank you so much to everyone who's taken part this morning and a special thank you to all of you for joining us this morning. As another week begins, I want to encourage you, if you need absolutely anything, to be in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you and we are here to offer any practical or spiritual help possible. But as another week begins now, let me pray for God's blessing upon you, those who you love and those who you live with and around. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Bendith diw holltheog a tad a ma bar a sprid glan a vonich plith a cadrigo gadach i'n wastad. Amen.